Hey everybody, this is Carly. I just wanted to let everyone know that this episode was recorded a few weeks ago, and since that time we have heard so much more about the coronavirus, COVID-19. Jade and I hope you are taking all the precautions and staying safe out there, and we are sending lots of love your way. This is Jade. This is Carly. And this is Mommy's Tell All. Hello, Jade. Hey, Carly. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, it's good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm trying to... Uh, Charlie can't... He won't sleep again, so I'm I'm in a little bit of a la-la land, but I'm powering through one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. I'm making it. Yes, girl. So you're... He's like in the four-month sleep regression, right? He's... It's bad, oh, Jade. Gosh. It's bad. Oh, gosh. I know I should be following more of these sleep things that I talk about, but I haven't been. Honestly, he's just hungry. He's so he's like doing this thing where every hour and a half or two hours he wants to eat, but then he doesn't really want to eat the whole bottle. He usually wants to eat half a bottle. So then he's like up like twice as much, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then, but then sometimes he'll want like a whole bottle and he'll want half of another bottle. So uh, you just can't, there's no like right way right now because he's very fickle yeah nothing's reliable <laughs> yeah he probably just wants some mommy snuggles yeah he probably does which is really sweet he's like I'll take the food because that means you snuggle me <laughs> that's really true I mean he's he's like laughing and Aww. so happy and he's not constipated anymore which is great Good. we went to Disney and we went to the zoo and we went all of these places we went to Florida and traveling was you know, nutso. Oh, of course, we're coming home from, <laughs> we're like getting to the airport. We get to the airport early to come home and we're like, let's just stop at Chili's for, uh, you know, some food. And it took so long. We ended up running to our gate. They were calling our name and we got there like an hour early. Oh gosh. And we got on the flight. There's only middle seats. <laughs> and we we're like, oh, this is really bad. So Evan's like, okay, you sit over there with Charlie. I'll sit next to Bella. Which I ended up looking at the guy next to me and being like, can you please move? Would that be okay? After another guy had already moved for us. And we ended up sitting together and these men were so nice who moved. But it was one of those times I was like, come on. Like, ugh. I often think about that like on flights where I guess like Southwest where if you're if you somehow I guess if there's family boarding, then you can make it in time. Yeah. But since you guys were late and Bella's now too, she has to have her own seat. If there's only middle seats, like right. what do they think your two year old's gonna sit by themselves? <laughs> That's what she said on the loudspeaker. She was like, Unless you wanna sit next to a young child and take care of them, can someone please move? And I was like, That is such a weird thing to say. <laughs> Can you just imagine her uh, sitting there by herself in between two strangers? Oh, she would lose her mind. She was already mad because I wasn't, I was sitting like across the aisle in one row back. So she was already upset by that. It was real. I mean, these guys were so nice for moving, but it was just one of those things where I hadn't been paying attention at the time. I had been letting Evan like pay attention to the time and I shouldn't have done it. Man. <laughs> So it was like, you know, there was like no stress. And then all of a sudden it was like the highest level of stress. You guys were running through the uh, airport, like home alone, that scene where they're all running. And I had to pee so bad. And then you can't pee until the fashion seatbelt sign is off. Oh, stressful. Oh, Charlie had pooped himself. Of course. So I had a poopy. To, it was just one of those times, you know. They always poop themselves in the airport. I swear. It's always like, why do they do that? 
It's like, oh, you want to travel through the airport on a plane? I'm going to have a blowout in three, two, one. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're kids. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. But it was fun. Bella loves the beach. She had a blast. And, you know, with all the crazy corona going on, it's definitely our last trip for, Fresh. well, a while yeah. till we can figure that out. Yeah. Everybody figures that out. But, but yeah. We're okay, and it was fun. Good. And I'm happy to be home and, like, sitting. (laughs) I'm happy to be sitting in a studio right now without someone going, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. (laughs) Yeah, you got to have your me time. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Uh, We're good. We're just chilling. I don't know. You're just chilling. That's nice. I feel like every week my kids have, like, a new sickness, so we're just dealing with that. I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, oh, you're sick again. Ugh. But if I have to suck out Charlie's nose one more time, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I do love that nose sucker though. It's my favorite thing. And your saline drops to suck out the nose work like amazing. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. They, I didn't get the spray. I got the saline drops, which he hates going in. But then after I suck out all of the things, he's like so happy. So that's great. Good, good. Yeah. We're all, we're all hanging in there. I do want to transition because I'm so excited because in just a few, we are going to be joined by sexpert, Leah Carey. Mm. She's going to tell us all the things about women's sexuality and how to get your sexuality back if you feel like you're kind of in a rut. So I'm really excited to speak to her. But first, we want to tell you about a few of our sponsors. Okay, you guys, I have found the world's best razor did you know first off women's razors can cost up to 15 percent more than men's that's called the pink tax but the idea women should pay more for the same product is absolutely ridiculous well let me introduce you to billy they are delivering premium razors direct to you for half the price and you find in the store they are so amazing you guys they also have this really great shaving cream that i am absolutely obsessed with my legs feel so silky smooth even evan said so the other night which is amazing and right now for only nine dollars you can get four refill blades for every one two or three months based on how much you shave and you can go to billy.com to get your starter kit and includes two razor cartridges a handle and their magnetic holder for the shower and each razor cartridge includes five american-made blades encased in an aloe shave soap for like the smoothest shave so gentle on sensitive skin they also have more space between each blade so it allows like shaving cream and soap and hair to just pass on by And they're an Allure Best of Beauty winner on Nylon's Beauty Hit List because Billy is the brand that finally got women's razors right. And you can get free shipping always. And you can skip, adjust, or cancel your subscription anytime, you guys. This is one of my favorite subscriptions out there. And to express a little love for our show, go to mybilly.com slash mommies for 10% off your razor. It's a very small way you can support us while getting your best razor you will ever own for half the price of razors in the store plus shipping is always free and this is a limited time special offer go right now to save 10 percent off your razor at mybilly.com slash mommies that's also spelled m-y-b-i-l-l-i-e.com slash mommies jade so i told you i was traveling 
a lot this past week. We went to Florida. We were on a plane. And you know what I played the entire time I was on the plane? Even though Bella kept touching my phone, I was playing Best Fiends, our favorite oh, game. Oh, yes. The f- our new favorite game. I yes. am ob- I am obsessed. It is so fun. I've, I've even gotten Tanner into it, which he normally says he does not like these type of games. And I've seen him on his phone play in this game. It's so fun. <laughs> and it, you don't have to be connected to Wi-Fi, so you can play it anywhere and it's so fun. You're these bugs against these slugs, and you can soup up your... I call it souping up. You can soup up your bugs. You crush these slugs, man. It's so fun. We should play against each other because you can <gasps> compete with your friends and family. It would be fun. Oh, my gosh. I'm scared. I'm so scared of competition games. I, I'm scared of losing. And I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty good at this game. <laughs> I, it's so much fun. It's And it, like, m- makes you smarter because it's like a brain-mind puzzle game so you're not just playing something really stupid you're actually making your brain think while doing it boom genius and you know what everyone's gonna love this game because it has a hundred million downloads and it's five star rated you guys can download best fiends free on the apple app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends Oh my gosh, Leah, I was listening to um, your podcast on the way in the studio and you really do. You talk about all of the things, literally like nothing is, (laughs) is off topic at all. I mean, you're our type of woman. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh, well, thank you. You're my type of women too. (laughs) You are so like liberated. I want to feel liberated like you. I want to feel sexually liberated. Well, it's, it's a journey. I mean, I certainly didn't start out this way, which is why I definitely think that we all have it in us. Can you talk about how this podcast came about, how you found your your sexuality within yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, like I said, I did not start out this way. I was actually pretty sexually repressed. Like I didn't enjoy sex with my partners. I didn't have very many partners because like I grew up in a home where there were a lot of really negative messages, just like a lot of us did. But my, you know, my dad, Mm. specifically, when I was a teenager told me that I was fat and ugly, and no one would ever love me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I believed him. That's really sad. I'm so sorry. Well, thanks. I mean, when when the person who you look up to says things like that to you, it's hard to not believe them. Yeah. So of course. So that's how I went into my life, believing that no one would ever love me. And so then I um, you know, I chose poor partners because I thought, well, they're the best that I can get. Mm. And so I then didn't enjoy sex because it didn't feel good. And in fact, a lot of the time it hurt, which I know is a thing a lot of women can relate to. And it's only more recently that I realized the reason that it hurt was because I wasn't turned on. Sure. And so Mm. therefore, my body wasn't doing the things that happen when you get turned on. Right. Yeah. So so I went through like this went on into my until I was about 40. And then I decided I was going to take all of the events of my life sort of came together so that I was going to take this road trip around the country by myself. And I thought that I was looking for a new place to live. 
But it turned out that it became this journey where like I had left everything behind. So I didn't have to live up to anybody's expectations of me. I didn't have to pretend to be anybody. I could just like go out and have an adventure. And so I ended up having this adventure of exploring my sexuality. And as soon as I opened the door a little bit, it like blew the doors off. <laughs> and I just, you know, like now I, I couldn't go back even if I wanted to. And so you asked about how the podcast started. It's because I have a group of girlfriends who I was writing about all of these adventures as I was having them. And, <laughs> and every time I wrote something to them, I'd be like, this is going to be too much information. Like, let me know if you don't want to know anymore. <laughs> and they would be like, no, tell us more. Tell us everything. <laughs> it's like your own eat, love, pray. I feel like your own oh, yeah. journey. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, in fact, I've been saying lately, I want to be the Elizabeth Gilbert of yes. like female sexual freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> um, and the more that I told my friends about my stories, the more they started telling me their stories. And that was how the podcast developed because I realized that we all have this yearning mm -hmm. to have these conversations, but we're all so scared to open them up because we're afraid that, you know, people are going to think we're perverted or people are going to think that we're weird or not a good mother or, mm -hmm. you know, I know there are lots of fears out there, but also um, so many of us are afraid that if we say like, here's something I'm experiencing, is it okay? We're afraid that people are going to say to us, oh, you know what, you're, there's probably something wrong with you. You're broken. And we don't want to hear that. So we don't open the conversation. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Especially like, I mean, I know sexuality and sexual experiences or your sex life is very different for every woman. But I feel like especially our listeners who most of them are mothers, after you have a baby and that's brought into your life, it changes your sex life so much, at least, I mean, I will say for myself. And so we're just like so glad to have you on here because I know like your friends, our listeners are going to be like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, um, as I mean, especially for me right now, like I've never had like a crazy libido and it's after having babies, it's just, you know, you're exhausted. Like, how, how, how did you, when you were on your road trip, how did you find your, like, was it masturbation? Was it, did you have, you know, multiple, did you have partners on yeah. your road trip? Like, how did you find that, that pleasure center of yourself to be even, you know, ready for yourself to be intimate, like, you know, if you got into a relationship or people with their husband, even to be ready for that again, because I think it's so important to find that out for yourself first. Yeah, that's such a good question. So I had masturbated, you know, before that was something that I was familiar with. And I could bring myself to an orgasm, though I, <laughs> I would refer to them as my genital sneezes. <laughs> because it like, yeah, sure, this thing happened, like my body shivered and quaked and, and 
whatever. But it didn't have this rush of like joyful feeling of wellness and oneness with the world that I heard other women talk about. And so that was something that I really wanted to find. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, um, finding that with another person was challenging. Part of the reason I think is because when, you know, I had had partners ask me in the past, you know, we would be making out or, you know, getting heavy and they would ask, what do you want? But the way that I, I don't even know what they meant when they asked it, but the way that I heard it was, what can I do for you in this moment to make you feel wonderful so then we can get to sex and I can do my thing? And that was not conducive to me being able to say Mm. what it was that somewhere deep inside I knew I needed to say, which was, I need us to slow down. What I want is for us to touch each other without going directly into sex. What I really want is to know that you see me and that you're here in the room with me and I'm not just sort of, you know, to be a little bit lewd about it, I'm not just a hole to be filled. Mm -hmm. Um, All of those were really primary needs that I wasn't getting filled And so when somebody said, what do you want? And they were asking for some technique that they could do. There was a complete mismatch in our communication. So I didn't know how to answer them. So this whole idea of what do you want became a real central focus for me as I was traveling. And yes, so... I'm the kind of person who when I like it takes me forever to figure out what I want to do and what's really important. But once I figure it out, I'm like, we're going to dive into the middle and do this thing. (laughs) And so it's kind of like I think if someone has hardly ever dated and then they decide to go on The Bachelor. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so, you know, while I, when I was dating, I, I turned on all of my apps. I actually went on to Craigslist personals and was meeting people that way. Cause I was only in cities for a short period of time, like anywhere from, a, you know, a couple days to at the outside a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So I definitely wasn't looking for a relationship with anyone. I was looking for experiences to try to figure this thing out. Mm. And I began practicing, you know, the first thing that happened was I went and I saw this woman in New York City who does, um, tantric massage oh which yeah right (laughs) I had seen it described as this thing that can help women to regain sensation and I was like that I need that because I thought that there was something terribly wrong with me that I couldn't feel like I wasn't having pleasure and therefore there was something wrong with me and I was broken so I went and I had a session with her and and the session was scary, you know, scary because it was unknown, not scary because there was anything bad or wrong about it. But it was terrifying to walk into that room and be like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, I imagine. <laughs> and then we had the session 
And she sat down with me afterwards and she said what I think are probably some of the most profound words anyone has ever said to me, which are, you are not broken. Mm. There's nothing wrong with you. You just need to figure out what you really want and learn how to ask for it. And that is what I practiced on my trip and what I now am really, you know, wanting to help other women do. I need this tantric massage. <laughs> I know. Yeah, right? Gosh, me too. <laughs> yeah. If people want to look it up, it's sometimes it's called tantric massage and sometimes it's called yoni massage. Y-O-N-I. Oh, yeah. Yoni. Yeah. And, you know, when you read about it, because it does involve some internal touch, it can seem really scary because it's so unfamiliar. But um, I can tell you just personally, I had a great experience with it. And it's something I would recommend. Wow. I um, it's funny, like my heartbeat is like kind of beating fast right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like thinking about this about myself personally, and like where I am, I, I had a what I would consider for myself a traumatic birth mm-hmm. seven months ago. And I feel like emotionally I've sexually shut myself down because of it. Yeah. So something like that just sounds so appealing to me, but also like how you said it, that sounds scary. It sounds very scary to me because it sounds so vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense to me that after the experience you had that you oh, yeah. would sort of shut your your sexual self, which isn't just like sex is not just the touching. It's also all the emotions and the thoughts that happen around sex. Yeah. And it makes sense to me that having gone through that sort of traumatic experience that that would have happened for you. But it also doesn't mean that it has to be forever. So how does it get better? <laughs> Well, so, so let me ask you this. I know you both have two young ones. Yes. And I imagine that to some extent, your bodies may feel like a jungle gym for your little ones and a feeding station. Does that ring any bells? Totally. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So, so I think that part of the reason that it's so hard to reconnect with sexuality after a birth, even if it's not a traumatic birth, but especially if it is a traumatic birth, is because you're putting so much energy out to your little ones. Like they, you know, for for women who are lucky enough to actually carry and deliver their own children, they literally grew inside your body. They're an extension of you. And so you want to give them all of that energy, but Mm -hmm. that is all energy that your partner used to expect would go to them. And so then your partner looks at all of this interaction and and is Uh, like, wait, where's mine? uh, Like, how come I'm not... (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm not getting this anymore. And so then not only do you have the demands, the physical, mental and emotional demands of your children, you also have the physical, mental, emotional and sexual demands of your partner. And it's like, there is a limited amount of energy, you just, you can't do it all. And so many women, what I hear from them is, uh, why isn't my libido recovering? after I gave birth. And 
when we dig a little deeper, what I discover almost universally is that the issue is not actually their libido. It's not that they don't want to be touched. It's that they want to be touched in different ways. Like they want to be nurtured and cared for rather than being expected to give sex. I can relate to that. Yeah, that Mm -hmm. is very true. (laughs) And I think this is the mind switch that we need to make. And probably we need to make it before we ask our partners to join us there because we need to know that we're allowed to have something different before we ask our partners to give us something different. So here's what I suggest. This is one of my favorite things in the whole world. I I talk about it with all of, you know, everybody I work with. It's called the three-minute game. And, which means it's only three minutes. You can even do it if you have toddlers. <laughs> right? I can handle that. I can handle three minutes. And it's really simple. So, Jade, I'll use you as an example. Okay. You have your husband there. He lays down on the bed. You sit down next to him. And you say, how would you like me to touch you for three minutes? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I'm laughing. You can set up any ground rules you want in advance. Like you can say we're going to keep this PG-13 <laughs> or, you know, we're going to do it with clothes on whatever ground rules. I was going to say, I already know his answer. <laughs> right. And you can take that particular answer off the table <laughs> so that it's really just about touch gotcha. and it's not about sex. Hmm. And so maybe he says, you know, I, I want you to I don't know, touch my chest or I want you to stroke my hair or whatever. And you just do that for three minutes. That sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. And you set a timer on your phone. And when the timer goes off, you switch places. And then he sits down next to you and he says, Jade, how would you like me to touch you for three minutes? Hmm. And here's this the thing that you might be surprised by in the moment, it can actually be really difficult to give the answer to that question. Totally. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking about it right now. And I'm like, I like stopped breathing because I'm so uncomfortable thinking about that. Right. Because we're not taught, you know, broad generalization, but as little girls, we're not taught to think about what we want. Right. Or what, you know, what's going to feel good to us. We're taught to take care of everybody else. Yeah, totally. And so this is a very short, defined opportunity for you to ask your body what would feel really good to me right now and then to ask for it. God, that's so vulnerable. Yes, it really is. Even though it's like your husband, the person you're like closest to, that's still such a... I mean, Evan sometimes comes up to me and tries to touch me and I like cringe mm. right now just because I'm like, I don't have energy or time for you. Right. Don't touch me. I know what you want, you know. Well, because I think it demands us to be present. Totally. And it's so hard when we're doing a hundred things as a mom to just stop and be present with our spouse. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a, almost a little bit selfish, you know. Yes. Right. Because we're so used to being selfless right now to even be like, oh, my gosh, I want to have five minutes without kids screaming can I please just st- step outside if you, you feel selfish you know mm-hmm. laying down there and being like okay I want to be touched feels in some weird strange way but it shouldn't it feels selfish right 
that totally makes sense to me based on the way that little girls are socialized where we are socialized to take care of everybody mm-hmm. and to make sure that everybody else is their demands are met before we even think about ourselves and nobody's demands are ever fully met which means therefore we almost never think about ourselves yeah. and you know when I hear you say that it feels really vulnerable to do that, even with your husband, who's supposed to be like the closest person in your life, like I hear that, that I totally get that. And if we can't be this vulnerable with our partners, why are we going to expect that we can have this like great fireworks experience with them? You're totally right. Yeah. yeah, it starts with really small, the The path to a great sex life is not through like these massive sexual adventures. And it's through these really small moments of touch and communication and vulnerability. The more vulnerable we get with each other, the easier it is. Like I say that People think that sex is like a pretty much 100% physical act. I would argue that it's about 10% a physical act and like 90% what your emotions are in the moment. Like, are the kids going to interrupt us? And Oh, 100%. And did, did I turn off the stove? And like, what little thing? I, I was just listening to your episode, I think it was with Sean Johnson, where she talked about the two minute rule. Mm-hmm. About if there's something that will take less than two minutes, just go ahead and do it. Yep. And I was like, that's brilliant, because we gather up all these little resentments through the day. And then we bring those into the bedroom with us. Yeah. And so if they're like, you didn't do the dishes, and you didn't take out the trash, and I had to fold the laundry. And all of that stuff is still playing in you when you get in the bedroom. Why would you want that person to touch you? I'm so guilty of that. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Me right here. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Okay. So you guys, we're all in this together. School is closed. We are basically homeschooling. Oh, my gosh. This is so overwhelming. Well, guess what? I found something to actually help you out a little bit. You're welcome. And this is learning with the Homer app. So Homer offers thousands of kid-tested lessons. So we know it's fun and they love them. They have lessons on phonics, sight words, and so much more your child can enjoy right in your living room. And they're all designed by learning experts. And you guys, it keeps kids busy. So after they're done with their lesson for the day with you, instead of scrolling through YouTube or watching TV, Homer can keep your child occupied with fun educational content and it allows us to get a little bit of a break. You know what? We need a break. And honestly, it's the most effective way to teach my kid because honestly, do I really know what I'm doing? No, I don't. But Homer will not only help your kids learn, it actually works. Homer reading is proven to increase early reading scores by 74%. Bella and I are doing these really cute lessons right now where we try to figure out what is a letter as opposed to like a shape or a number. And she's getting really good at it. She's even learning. There's one that's like, it says, hey, choose the doll. Hey, choose the umbrella, you know, and then there's drawing things. There's so many different lessons. She's getting smarter every single day. And right now you can visit learnwithhomer.com slash mommies to start a free 60 day trial, you guys. 
it's amazing. We love it. Bella all the time says, I want to, I want to do Homer. I want to do Homer. And it's so cute. And I just love that she's getting smarter and she's playing while getting smarter as well. So you guys visit learnwithhomer.com slash mommies to start a free 60 day trial and help yourself out. Hey listeners, Carly and I want to tell you about a different podcast from Wondery called Imagined Life. On each episode of Imagined Life, you'll step into the shoes of someone who has faced great adversity, overcome the odds, and ultimately created a positive impact on our world. In this immersive journey, you'll be given clues to your identity, but only at the last minute will you find out who you are. This show is really hard to describe. It's something you just have to hear to fully understand, but it's well worth a listen. At the end of the show, after the credits, we'll be playing a brief clip from the Imagined Life's episode entitled The Advocate, in which you'll face judgment and prejudice, but you'll transcend into someone who fights for the rights of others. You'll be regarded as one of the most likable people on the planet, and to top it off, you will win the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Stick around to find out who you are. We asked our listeners a few questions, and this is one that... I'm wondering about because for the people who don't get into the bedroom very often, whether that's like a time constraint or like they don't feel like doing it or whatever, is it a bad thing to schedule sex or should sex not be scheduled? Mm. Well, first of all, I'm going to say I don't think there are any hard and fast rules about sex ever. (laughs) So I don't think that there's a should and a should not. With that said, okay. I think that scheduling sex can be really positive. There are some people who try to do like half scheduled and half not scheduled. And I think that that's probably a good balance. But to expect, especially when you have kids in the house, to expect that there are just going to be these organic moments where you're A, both in the mood yeah. and the kids are not there And you know they're not going to wake up. Like, that's a lot to ask. Right. So if you need to schedule it in order to know that you're both going to be present and the kids are going to be, you know, at grandma's or, or however you handle that. Right. I think that can be really positive. Plus, it gives you an opportunity to both look forward to and build up anticipation. So, like, what if you say you know, Thursday night is date night, and we are going to have sex, assuming that we're, you know, both in the mood, uh, we're going to have sex, or we're going to have some sort of sensual engagement. Um, You start texting each other earlier in the day, like, babe, I am really looking forward to tonight. Like, I just I like it. Yeah, like, that's a great idea. It gives you an opportunity to start building anticipation. Yes. And like, Oh, I'm going to put on my sexy underwear. It's like foreplay. Yes, exactly. It's extending the foreplay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It almost creates that sexual energy before you're even like together. Exactly. I have a confession. We totally schedule sex. Do you? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. We have a day. We, We were doing it about once a week right now. I will say that too. We have a day that we know is just sex night. And after the kids go to bed, we just go and do it. <laughs> Good for you, Jay. Otherwise, I honestly think it would never happen. And not because of him, because of me. But that's we. That's kind of how it's working for us right now. Like, we just have a day that we know is 
that's the, the, that day of the week. <laughs> and do you find yourself being ready and being turned on when you get to that night or that day? Some days, some days I'm like, oh God, can it be tomorrow? But <laughs> I still <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> it sometimes takes me a, a couple minutes to what I say is like take off the mommy mm-hmm. hat, kind of like unscrew that part of my brain and let myself relax and enjoy it. We just have made a commitment to that because we want it to be an important part of our relationship because I do think it is it is a, an important part of a relationship. Yeah. And it's not it's not as much as he would like, obviously. But you guys used to be like rabbits. <laughs> we used to a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I just I don't have that right now. I just don't. Yeah. Well, I would say that um, you are allowed more than a few minutes to take off your mommy hat. Like, that's not an unreasonable thing to expect, that it's going to take you some time to transition from this thing that you do six and a half days a week to this thing that you're, like, setting aside (laughs) special time for. Like, it's really okay to give yourself that time and to to not expect yourself to do it faster than your system is capable of doing it. Yeah. And then if there are times when you're like, "Ooh, you know what? I want to be with you and I want to have this time together, but I am not entirely prepared for you to enter my body." Mhm. That's okay too. Like you there are so many things that are sensual that don't have to involve actual intercourse there are so many activities but we've been trained to believe that intercourse is the only definition of sex and right that's not really true and I think it's hard for um for men sometimes to wrap their mind around that at first but once they start to like experience it it become they begin to realize that there is this whole range of things that are available that don't just have to involve insertion into the woman's body. I'm trying to keep the words here very PG. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We like it unfiltered. <laughs> so penis and vagina sex is not the only option. <laughs> I have another question that a lot of our listeners asked. We asked our Facebook group and a lot of them asked, how do you feel sexy with a postpartum body that's totally different than your pre-baby body? Well, one thing is if your partner is telling you how much they love your body to allow yourself to listen. I think there are so many times that we make judgments about our own body And then when somebody tells us something different, our assumption is, well, they must be crazy or they're just being nice. Or, you know, if a younger, thinner model came along, he'd leave me in a heartbeat. If your partner is giving you feedback about the fact that they still love your body, it's okay to listen to them and it's okay to believe them. Um, Also, So one of the things that happened for me on my road trip was, like I told you, I had a terrible, terrible body image. I 
um, I really believed that I was completely undesirable. And one of the things that helped me was as I was traveling around the country and I was having these experiences with all these different people, um, I was hearing the same thing from them time after time after time, you know, like different people in different parts of the country would say to me, uh, I love playing with your hair, or you've got a great ass, or, you know, I love your boobs, or whatever. And because I heard it so many different times from different people, I began thinking, well, maybe I'm the one who has a skewed image of what this is meant to be. Um, and so that really taught me, that, not that I'm suggesting that, you know, women with postpartum bodies should go out seeking compliments from lots of different people. <laughs> <laughs> but it really taught me the value of listening to others. You know, we have this idea in this culture that nobody can love us unless we love ourselves first. And I actually think that's kind of a detrimental message. Sometimes we need to hear from other people that the voices inside our head are not accurate before we can start to um, start to, you know, push back against them. And so if you're you know, like I said, if your partner's already saying, I still love you just the way you are, listen. If your partner isn't saying that, I would suggest, and I know that this is going to sound ridiculously vulnerable, but going to your partner and saying, I'm having a really hard time because I know that I don't look the way that I used to look. And I, I would like to know that you're still attracted to me. I would like to know that you still want to be with me as a sexual partner, just not just as a co-parenting partner, and allow them to give you that validation. It is not selfish to ask for that. Can we all just be more like you? <laughs> <laughs> You're spurting out all this really great stuff, and I'm like, oh God, can I do that? I don't know. So I've been on this journey for a few years, and I'm still like doing all of this, learning all of this in practice. This is not like, I do not want anybody to listen to me and be like, oh, she's got it totally figured out. And I can like, I'll never get there. So I shouldn't even try. No, I am still learning and practicing all of this on a day by day basis. What's amazing too, is that you have all these podcasts out there with every different type of person and every different type of sexual experience. So whatever a person is interested in, they can find and listen to on your podcast, which is so cool. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's part of the reason to do it because I want every woman to be able to listen to it and at some point hear her own story reflected back to her so that she knows she's not alone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Leah, where can everybody find your podcast? So it's on all of the regular podcasting places. It's called Good Girls Talk About Sex. It's not necessarily all quote unquote good girls. You know, it's sort of a takeoff on the idea that we were raised to be good girls mm -hmm. and we're also allowed to talk about sex. Absolutely. Yeah. My website is leahcarry.com and you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Good Girls Talk.
Thank you so, so much for being with us. I'm going to try to practice these things. Seriously. It's been absolutely my pleasure. I'm not going to say it's easy, but I'm going to start practicing your ways. Yes, I hope that you will. And I would love to hear how it goes. (laughs) Yeah, we'll do some updates. Yes. We'll give you an update for sure. (laughs) Yes, please do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being with us, Leah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I just realized again, this is like our second sex podcast, right? Because we had the mom and the son on. Mm -hmm. But I am so not a liberated sexual woman. Why do you think that is? I think it's growing up in the Catholic Church just messed me up. And, and like, I wish I could get past it. I know there's a part of me that's like wants to get past it, but it just, I mean, I'm not my trauma. I am not what happened to me, but like, I still think it's just messed me up. Yeah. And I think that's what she was saying with like in society, how women are meant to be groomed or molded and like what we're supposed to be like a good girl, like, you know, right. Totally. Did you watch the Taylor Swift documentary where she talks about that? Yes. Gosh, she probably is having the same problems. <laughs> and also, I, I uh, want you to not feel bad either. Not everybody needs to be some like wild sexual woman. You know, we all have our, our own personalities and what that's very true. What sexuality means to us. Sexuality is very different for everybody. So I feel like there shouldn't be like sexuality shaming either. Like, right. If, if that's who you are, then like own that too. You know, like you don't have to be a prowess. Yeah. You can find what makes you feel sexual and own that. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, girl. Yeah. You say it. <laughs> <laughs> and all you listeners, you should really listen to that because that was some good advice. Yeah. And also, I'm really excited to check out her podcast. I want to listen to it. And since. Oh, my gosh, Jade, there are so many different types of women on there. It is so interesting. Yeah. I'm going to check that out today. Yeah. Everybody go check out her podcast. Also, we we hope you haven't. Uh, well, I, I was going to say we hope we haven't made you guys feel too uncomfortable. But maybe if we had, that's really good for you. <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's good to get out of your comfort zone every once in a while. And I think that's something that's hard for us moms. So I think it's good to be. Totally. It's a good uncomfortable. It is. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. Also, go subscribe to our podcast and rate us and add a nice little comment on there, if you will. We'd love that. We'd like it. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Thank you guys so much. (laughs) Bye. Bye. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. You're about to hear a clip from the Imagined Life's episode entitled The Advocate. But before that, make sure to subscribe to Imagined Life and other great podcasts from Wondery on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now.